Amen. Let's stand in honor of the reading the word of the Lord, the book of Acts chapter number five. To the book of Acts chapter number five, and we're going to start with verse number one through five, and then uh, we're going to go a little bit deeper, but we'll start with reading Acts chapter five. This is our 18th lesson on the book of Acts, and uh, I've said it often, I'll say it again, it's going to take us a lot longer to get through it than it took them to live it. But, uh, but I want to learn what the Bible has for us. The book of Acts chapter 5, verse 1, if you found it, say amen. You are allowed to say amen on a Wednesday night. If, you're, if you found it, say amen. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price his wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart that thou, thou hast not lied unto men but unto God? And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. God, I pray that you anoint the preaching, the teaching of your word, anoint our ears to hear Help us, God, to learn from your word. Help the word to find good ground and bring forth a harvest in our lives, God. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. We have, as you know, spent several weeks going through this particular passage, Acts chapter number 3 and 4. Acts 4 closes with two verses about tremendous generosity. These two verses, we did not go over them the last time uh, when we finished chapter four, but it's Acts chapter four, verses 36 and 37. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Many of the early Christians suffered tremendously for the faith. They were persecuted greatly, uh, often left destitute. The church in these days went banded together to help each other in times of great struggle. They, they really uh, came together to help each other as they would go and face their persecution and their trials. What most of us would complain about now in those days would have been considered a great situation. We're not quite as tough as they are, I don't think. You can say amen. What we think is persecution is just life compared to what they suffered through. But they often suffered tremendously and it was in this time that there were men such as Barnabas, this, this man who would come to fame in his association with the Apostle Paul. 
He is one of the heroes of the early church during this time. He, the Bible said he sold a piece of land and brought the money, all of the money, and laid it down at the apostles' feet to be used for the kingdom. The money was used to take care of the widows and take care of those who were suffering. This act of kindness, this act of generosity would bring Barnabas quite a bit of, of notoriety. He did not do it. He did not do it to get the acclaim of man. He did not do it to get the recognition of men. He came and he brought the money and laid it all down at the apostles' feet. It was such a notable donation that it was long remembered. The book of Acts chapter number 4 and chapter 5, as far as historians are considered, uh, took place around A.D. 30, around the year A.D. 30. Luke wrote Acts around A.D. 80, they believe, somewhere between 70 and 90. Most scholars place it right around A.D. 80s. And so you have here about 50 years later, the gift that Barnabas gave is still being talked about. Two thousand years later, here I am still talking about it. If you want to be talked about in 2,000 years, give a big offering. We'll talk about you. I'm just sort of kidding. Suffice it to say that Barnabas was highly respected for his generosity. When there were so many suffering and hurting, so many in great, tremendous need, and this man sells a piece of land, probably a piece of land inherited after generations from his family. And he sells the land and he brings all the money, he takes it and lays it down at the feet of the apostles to be distributed to those who were in need. It was a tremendous act of generosity. There's no denying that. And so Acts chapter number four ends with a tremendous gift. Up until now, Acts chapters 1 through 4 are mostly about signs and wonders and miracles, revival, the laying of the doctrinal foundation of the church, powerful prayer meetings, Holy Ghost outpourings, the gospel preached, thousands converted, a tremendous miracle that had been done at the gate of the temple, and all of this ending with this generous donation by Barnabas that we've just spoken about. But chapter 5 opens with a different matter altogether. Charles Erdman called this the first discipline of the church. The very next verse talks about another gift. Chapter 5 opens with another gift given by a couple in the church. If you look at the beginning of the story of Ananias and Sapphira in context, you have to remember that in the original Bible, there were no chapters and verses. They were simply one long, the book of Acts was just a long scroll written, and there were no chapter divisions. There were no verse divisions. A Jewish rabbi named Nathan in in 1448 A.D., trans, he, he divided the Old Testament into verses. And Robert Estian, also known as Stephanus, was the first to divide the New Testament into, the, into verses and chapters in 1555. So we've only had about 500 years of chapters and verses. And so 
often they're, they're, it's hard to decide to tell why they decided to divide it where they did. But so if you look at Acts 4 and 37 and Acts 5 and 1, they're, they're, 5 and 1 follows verse 37. If you look at them in context, it tells us that Barnabas, having land, sold it and brought, it, brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. You see that word put in the middle. Barnabas brought it, laid the money at the apostles' feet, but a certain man named Ananias. Dr. Wave Nunley, he wrote that the contrastive but is intended to lead the reader to compare the actions and motives of Barnabas with those of Ananias and Sapphira. You have two things that are very similar. You have two gifts. Barnabas sells a piece of land, and Ananias and Sapphira sell a piece of land. Before chapter 5 of the book of Acts, all the problems of the church are primarily from outside. Acts 2 and 13 tells us of others mocking. Uh, Acts 4 tells us of the priests that persecuted uh, Peter and John and the church. But all of that outside adversity, all that is, is things happening outside the church. But now we have something happening inside the church. It's one thing when there's problems from outside. It's another thing when it's problems from inside. Amen. You have this first issue within the church. Up until now, there's tremendous unity. I mean, when you have a Holy Ghost outpouring, you have signs, wonders, and miracles, you have revival, you usually have unity. Those things come from unity. But now we have these two people, Ananias and Sapphira, that appear. And their story is in stark contrast to what we've seen from the church in the first four chapters. The Bible said that Ananias and Sapphira sold a possession. And then the Bible says in verse 2, and kept back part of the price. That, that free, that, that, those two words, kept back, what you see in English is two words, is actually one Greek word. And that one Greek word actually means to embezzle or to withdraw covertly. And so you have that, that's a, embezzlement is a strong word. Embezzlement is a strong word. It's, they, they, if you look at what the original Greek says, they brought, they sold a possession, brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet and embezzled part of the price. His wife also being privy to it. That, that word privy to it, that simply means that she was conscious of it. She knew about it. She was aware of it. And so what you have is Ananias and Sapphira that have come together and made a plan to sell a piece of land. And then they said, we'll keep part of it for us and we'll give part of it. And so they have this plan among themselves. They have cooked up this idea to 
to, to, to do this. And the Bible said they brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, this, this is one of the most difficult passages in the book of Acts. Um, most of your commentaries, most of your commentaries, they talk about how difficult this particular passage of Scripture is. And so uh, we we're going to deal with it because what it looks like it's talking about is not really what it's talking about. Okay? It looks like what it's saying is that you need to give everything you have to the church. That's what on the surface it looks like, but that's not the message of this passage of Scripture. All right? Just, just we're, we're settling that because a lot of times when you start talking about giving money, people tune out. And, uh, and, and we don't need people tuning out here or tuning out online. That's not the message of this passage of Scripture. So what we have here, we have two people that watched a man give a generous offering and, for, for lack of a better term, become famous for it. He takes, I mean, this, it, you can imagine the suffering going on. These people are, are, are struggling and they're suffering. They have, they're, they're, they're being persecuted. Many of them have lost their livelihood for the faith. They're, 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 they're being marginalized. And some of them are, are extremely hungry. Some of them are struggling financially. And this man takes this piece of land that he has and he sells it and he brings all the money and lays it at the apostles' feet. And there's no doubt that he became a hero to the early church. He was a hero to the people. How would you feel if you didn't have enough money to feed your family because you had lost your job or lost your, your income because of the faith or you had somehow, you, you, you had suffered, been persecuted and, and this man generously gives that sells a piece of land and brings all the money. And when that money's divided, because of his act of generosity, you can feed your children. He would be a hero, wouldn't he? And so Acts 4 ends with this, with this heroic act of giving. And these two people, they see that. And they want that same sense of... of uh, What's the word I'm looking for? The same sense of um, respect, let's say that. They want that same kind of honor that Barnabas got. But they don't want to do it with the same spirit that Barnabas did. And so they get this plan. We're going to sell this land. We're going to take out this part of it. And then we're going to take it and lay the rest of it at the apostles' feet, just like Barnabas did, and then everybody's going to love us just like they do him. And they're going to think we're awesome just like they think he is. It's a difficult passage because there's no church law that said they have to give everything. There's no church law that says you have to sell your land, and there's no law that says if you do sell it, you have to give 100% of it. They wanted to be noticed for their gift. There was pride involved in the public action. There was deception on their part to want people to think they had given all when in fact they gave some. 
the attitude and motivation for giving is as important as the gift that you give. This is a serious passage of Scripture because the Apostle Peter, he turns to them, and in verse number 3, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart? He didn't just say you made a bad decision. He said Satan filled your heart. That's pretty. That's pretty uh, bold statement, isn't it? Are you hearing me tonight? Can, are you paying attention to me or other stuff going on? All right. Satan filled your heart. It's one thing just to for you just to come up with a bad idea, but it's another thing when Satan is motivating the action. Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost. So not only did, not only did they do this, but, they, but it was motivated by Satan, and they lied to God about it to keep back part of the price of the land. There was no law that said they had to, if they would have said, look, we sold our land and we're going to make a donation, here's part of what we sold, there'd be no problem with it. If they said, look, we sold the land and here's 10% or 20% or 50% or 75% of what we sold the land for and we want to give this to help, there would have been no problem. But the problem was they said we sold the land for this much when in fact they had taken some out. It was a public, it was a desire for public acclamation. It was pride, selfishness, greed, and a desire to be noticed for what they were doing. It was, it was a good act. Now, now, here's the difficult part. Because if they sold the land, let's put it in, in, in our American money terms. Let's say they sold the land for $100,000. And they came to the church and said, here's a $100 offering. That $100 is more than what we had before they sold the land. We'd take the $100, we'd shake their hand and say, thank you, and we'd, and, and, and we'd do it for whatever. You know, that, 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 the, the thing Sunday night, people brought money, and they, they laid money on the, on the altar after church. Was that Sunday night or Sunday morning? Sunday night. I, I knew it was Sunday. I, was, I had that much down. They, they brought, it turned out to be right around $1,000. You know what we did? We collected that money. And we've added it to the offering we're going to give to missions at camp meeting. We're not keeping any of it here. And, but you know what? All that money given, it was no requirement. Nobody said you had to do it. The people that didn't give, I'd, I hadn't given not one half second thought to wonder why they didn't give. That's not it. That's not the point. And the people that gave didn't give so that everybody would see them waving their money and dropping it. Ananias and Sapphira's problem was they wanted to be noticed for a gift and selfish at the same time. Their motive was wrong. Peter said, Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost. If they'd have sold that land for $100,000 and brought a $1,000 offering and laid that $1,000 down and said, look, we sold the land and we're going to give this much to, the, to, the, to whatever the program is, that would have been perfectly fine because that $1,000 was $1,000 more than they had when they woke up that morning. 
The problem was not the amount of the money that they laid down. The problem was that they gave it with selfishness and pride and then they lied about it. It was a heart issue. This is very important. To me, this is the, the most important part of this entire passage of Scripture. Why we do what we do is as important as what we do. Why we do what we do is as important as what we do. Look at Matthew 6 and 1. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. This is the Sermon on the Mount, greatest sermon ever preached. Jesus said, don't be careful when you give that you're not doing it to be seen. Otherwise, you lose your reward for it. You lose your blessing for it. Ananias and Sapphira gave to be seen giving. They gave to receive glory for giving and also lied and said that they had sold it for a certain amount when in fact they had already taken it out. Verse number four of Acts five. Here's what the apostle Peter, he continues his conversation with Ananias. He says, while it remained, was it not your own? That was your land. Nobody told you you had to give it. And after you sold it, it was it not in your own power? You could have done anything you wanted. Nobody made you give. Nobody said you had to bring it. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. For whatever reason, they came up with this plan of saying we sold it for this much, when in fact they didn't. You, we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful how we handle the things that we do and give to God. He said, this was yours. You could have done anything you wanted with it. You didn't have to lie and make a big public scene about it. They were not in trouble for what they gave. They were in trouble for the spirit that they gave it in and the lie that they gave it in. When you do something for God to get glory, you're taking the blessing out of what you do for God. When you give to, to, to something, to give to missions, give, and so that you can get glory from it, you lose your blessing for the gift. When you give your time, so you can say, you know, you, I, I worked at the church for 10 hours. I, I was preaching one time, I was preaching one time in Kentucky, and Brother Michael Moppin went with me for this revival, and they had a guy that stood up, and he, he stood up and he, he told the church, he said, I worked 27 hours today. And somebody said, well, there's only 24 hours in a day. He said, I worked three hours overtime. <laughs> well, God, I did, I did this for God. Well, when we start having that attitude that, that we want, that we demand recognition for what we do, then we lose the blessing for what we've done. They weren't in trouble for what they gave. They were in trouble for the lie that they told. The selfishness, the greed, the desire for notoriety. 
And then they lied about it on top of that. Pride and selfishness and lying were the sins of Ananias and Sapphira. So Ananias, he's standing there talking with the apostle Peter. His wife is not there. And when, when the apostle Peter says, you didn't lie to men, you lied to God. And when those words came out of the, the apostle's mouth and, they, and Ananias in verse 5, Ananias hearing these words fell down and gave up the ghost. It means he died. It's the same terminology used when Jesus was on the cross that the Bible said he gave up the ghost. It means that he died. He heard these words, he fell down dead, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, carried him out, and buried him. That was a quick action. It was a terrible end to a life. Verse number seven, it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. She spent three hours not knowing that her husband was already dead, already in the ground. She comes in now, three hours later, doesn't know her husband's dead, doesn't know he's been carried out, doesn't know he's been buried, doesn't know what Simon Peter said, doesn't know any of that. Sapphira comes in and has no idea her husband has been found out and Peter, in verse 8, and Peter answered unto her, tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. Now notice what he's doing. He said, now, did you sell the land for this amount of money? He's given her an opportunity to be honest. He's given her an, op an opportunity to tell the truth. He's given her a chance to be honest with the church and honest with God. Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yay, for so much. She doubles down on the lie. Verse number nine, then Peter said unto her, how is it that you have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway. And aren't you glad that you're, that you're not in the church in A.D. 30? These dudes didn't play. Then she fell down straightway at his feet. Notice she fell down the same place they put the gift that they lied about. And yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead. And carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. There's lots of lessons in this passage of Scripture. But one thing this lesson is not about, I've said it before, I'll say it again. This message is, this, the message of this passage is not that we have to give 100% of every dollar we make. That is not what we're talking about. This is a lesson about pride and selfishness and dishonesty and the desire to do your works before men to get glory. Stanley Horton wrote, quote, God brought this judgment near the beginning of the church's history to let the church know what he thinks of unbelief and greed and self-seeking hypocrisy that lies to God. That's a, pretty, that's a pretty good quote right there. He has to establish something early on. Otherwise, the spirit of the church becomes invaded with this desire for self-glory. And so right here in the very beginning near Pentecost, this happens. Verse 10 says she fell down at his feet. In verse 11, and great fear came upon all the church 
and upon as many as heard these things. I don't blame them for that. I don't blame them for that. I remember Brother Wilson one time preaching about that verse that beware lest a worse thing come upon you. You remember that? Great fear came upon all the church. There ought to be a respect in the heart of a Christian for how we handle the things of God. About honesty. I had a, I had a discussion with some folks the other day about, uh, about something. And, uh, and, and we had bought something. And when I left the store, I bought it for the church. And we, when I left the store, that item broke while I was bringing it here. And, and somebody said I should take it back and get our money back. And I told them I didn't feel like I could because it broke. It wasn't their fault it broke. It was, it was while I had it. And I felt like I'd be stealing from them. And somebody else said, well, they have a multi-million dollar company. Well, that doesn't matter. That, we, we, have to, we have to protect our reputation as Christians. And I didn't feel honest about it. And so we, Brother Pablo fixed it, and, uh, and then somebody come along and bought it. And we got our money anyway, praise the Lord. But we didn't have to be we, what I felt was dishonest. They said, well, that person has the, the option to take it back or not. I said, well, that's true. They do. But just because they're willing to steal from the company they work for doesn't mean it's right on our part. Now, look, I'm way off in left field now. I'm off the, I'm off the path. I'm off the line. If y'all would have said more amens earlier, I wouldn't have got that far off. I'm going to turn around and blame you for it. <laughs> My point is we got to be careful because once we've given up our integrity and our reputation, if we live with pride and selfishness and dishonesty, then we are lying to the Holy Ghost. And fear came upon all the church, and as many as heard these things. The church learned a lesson from Ananias and Sapphira. Now, notice in Acts, and I'm not going to have you turn there. I didn't turn this verse in, but in Acts 4 and 30, they, the church prayed, God, do signs and wonders. And the first sign and wonder that happened after that prayer was Ananias and Sapphira died. So be sure what you want when you pray for it. We would do, the, the church, the Bible said great fear came upon all the church. And as many as heard these things. It's very important that we learn lessons from other people's lives. When stuff happens, we need to learn about it. Listen, there's two, you, you, you learn two great things from watching people around you. The Bible says wisdom is justified of her children. In other words, you can see the result of wise living when people do it. When you watch people that are faithful and they make it, year after year they live for God and they serve God and they're blessed of God you learn that lesson of faithfulness I hope all of our new folks I hope all of our, our people they watch the folks that have been in church a long time and they learn hey if I want to make it living for God that long I'm going to do what they did 
Another thing you do is you learn the lesson from Ananias and Sapphira. You see people come in and you see them start missing church. You see them start letting stuff go. And before long, they're out of church and their family's a mess and they're, and they're in complete chaos. And then if they make it back to church, they have to be rescued from all kinds of mess. You learn a lesson from that. The church learned the lesson from Ananias and Sapphira. Fear came upon all the church. They said, I'm not going to live that way. I'm not going to let that be part of my life. And so because they learned the lesson, the Bible said in Acts 5 and 12, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Two great things happened after. Now look, the bottom line is, the bottom line is that there's no such thing as a perfect church. Amen. There's no such thing as a perfect church. Every church has issues. I remember when I went to Indiana to pastor, I was 27 years old. I had no idea what I was getting into. I, I was preaching at a minister's conference one time. I told him I got addicted to ministry before I knew the side effects. I was going up there to pastor and Sister Wilson, I sat at, the, at their living room table and Sister Wilson, she said, John, don't ever pray for no problems. She said, because people have problems. She didn't say people are a problem. She just said people have problems. And so this issue in the church, the church learned from it. They, they learned the lesson from it. And when they learned the lesson from it, the church got better. They grew from it. The Bible said when they learned how to deal with the selfishness, the sin, the lying of the Holy, when they learned to deal with this, that, the, that it, the church went to another level, signs and wonders and unity. It brought everybody together. We can either let the issues we face as a church tear us apart or bring us together. And it's all in how we respond to what happens. When you see somebody that has an issue in life, we're not going to talk about it, we're not going to drive them down, but we are going to learn the lesson. Amen. And we're going to learn the lesson of faithfulness. And when we do, we're going to together go to another level in the Spirit. Look at verse 13. This is, a, this is an interesting verse. And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. Of, that, that's an interesting verse. The, there's, a, there's some debate on exactly what this verse means. Ananias and Sapphira... From what I'm gathering from it, Ananias and Sapphira, they, they tried to have this, this, this selfish and spiritual life at the same time. I want to look spiritual, but I want to be selfish. I want to be regarded as benevolent, but I'm also self-centered. And, and they had this conflict. And the, this verse has been interpreted by some to mean that those that had the same qualities didn't dare join the church at this time. These people that weren't quite really dedicated didn't really want, I mean, they wanted to be in, the, they wanted to be, see the miracles and signs and wonders, but they didn't really want to, to live the life. They didn't dare join the church right now. I mean, good Lord, they're dragging people out dead left and right. I'm not joining those folks. They, the people that, that, whose hearts weren't really ready to serve God, they didn't dare join. They durst not. 
They dare not join. But the Bible said the people magnified them. It meant they had respect. They had reverence for them. They, they had so much respect for what God was doing with the church that they didn't dare join it right then because they were afraid they might get drug out. But look at verse 14. And the believers were the more added to the Lord. Look, there are hungry people that want to live for God and want to serve God with a pure heart. Sincere and hungry. The Bible said, and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. Look, there's always going to be bumps in the road to a growing church. You with me? There's always going to be bumps in the road to a growing church. There's no such thing as a perfect pastor, a perfect preacher, or a perfect saint. There's always going to be bumps in the road. Up until Acts 5, it was outside. It was the priest in the temple, and it was, it was the mockers in, in Jerusalem. But in chapter number 5, the church has to deal with something inside. But what happens inside will either tear us apart or bring us together. How we respond when we have bumps in the road are going to be the difference between going to another level or freezing where we are. Amen. And I want to just, I just want to learn lessons when I see people that do things that, 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 that cause them to have, to have difficulties with God. Things like Ananias and Sapphira. I want to learn lessons from people. Uh, not, not to run them down, not to talk about them, not to gossip about them, but I want to have my eyes open. And I want to see when people have, have, have unfaithfulness get into their life. When people's prayer life begins to slack and you see what begins to happen in their life, learn a lesson from that stuff. How many people have we seen become unfaithful to the house of God and within a few weeks or months we don't see them at all anymore and then their lives become absolute shipwrecks? Don't have to repeat it yourself. Do what the church did. Learn the lesson of Ananias and Sapphira and let it propel us to another level. Amen. Lord, I thank you, God, because you were wise enough to put even the negative bumps in the road in the Bible. If it was all signs and wonders and miracles, we wouldn't learn how to deal with difficulties. If it was all, if it was all revival and multitudes being added and great signs and wonders. We, we wouldn't learn how to deal with thing, when things don't go exactly how we think they ought to and when people disappoint us and when motives aren't right. So God, I thank you first of all because you put these kinds of things in the Bible. You didn't hide it from the world. You, didn't, you weren't ashamed to let the world know that even people with the, with the Holy Ghost have, have times when they're not perfect and so God you help us learn how to deal with issues in life and you teach us how important it is to have the right motives and the right heartbeat and so God that's what I pray we learn from this passage tonight Lord I pray you bless each one that's been watching online and everyone here and all the workers that are that are working right now getting us ready for camp meeting God I pray in the name of Jesus God, let your blessing flow through this church, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you.
you are dismissed in the name of the Lord.